1: I'm your host, Sharon Lynn Wyeth, creator of Nameology Science and author of Know the Name, Know the Person. And in each weekly show, you'll hear the fascinating ways other people discovered the genius in them and what they were able to accomplish. At the end of our show tonight, you'll hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. All over the world, people have many diverse interests and people want to know how highly successful people have managed to achieve their genius mindset as they're utilizing the gifts that nameology Science sees in their name. So, how does someone express their creative talents? How does someone share those gifts with others in such a way that all benefit? Our expert tonight is Carol Ann Lieros, who has an amazing track record for her psychic abilities. Carol Ann Lieros is a professional psychic with over 50 years of experience as an intuition trainer, lecturer, and author. She's worked with Edgar Cayce's Association for Research and Enlightenment for over 30 years and has given seminars for them, in addition to CEOs and upper management of Fortune 10 corporations, churches, psychologists, and psychiatrists. Carol Ann is a recipient of the Edgar Awarded by Edgar Cayce's Association for Research and Enlightenment for her years of work in the practical applications of intuitive skills in everyday life. Her innovative psychic techniques lead to designing Project Blind Awareness and Junior Project Blind Awareness, a training program for the blind to help become more mobile and independent using their own psychic and intuitive skills. The parapsychology and medicine training for doctors and nurses was a breakthrough in the 1970s, and her mentoring program and Psychic Intensive are incredibly popular. Carol Ann has appeared on national and international TV. For example, she was in the movie Inner Spaces with astronaut Edgar Mitchell and on the popular TV show, That's Incredible. She has also appeared on hundreds of radio shows, written numerous newspaper articles, as well as being mentioned over 30 times in authors' books. For over eight years, she worked at the Human Dimensions Institute in Buffalo, New York, as the subject of psychic research. For two years of this time, she was tested and scored an amazing accuracy rate that was between 93 and 97% when predicting the future. I think all of this is amazing, and Carol Ann Lieros came to us highly recommended for this show. Now, normally, you guys know I just call on all my friends, but all my friends who knew Carol Ann kept saying, you've got to have her on the show, and we've waited a long time to get her schedule to agree with our schedule, so I am just doubly delighted to welcome Ann to welcome Carol Ann Lieros onto our show. So welcome, Carol Ann. It's so great that you're here with us.
2: Oh, thank you. I've been looking forward to it very much. Uh, Your show sounds fascinating. Your books that you've written sound fascinating. So I was really looking forward to this.
1: Oh, I'm so glad. Now, I'm curious. Were you always psychic, or how did you discover your abilities? And then did you have to do something to enhance them or make them better, or were they always just great?
2: Well, the interesting thing is that I found in the general public that most people think that psychics are born, and from the age of, I don't know, three or four, they start making predictions and seeing horrors and all that. Mine did not come about that way. I was 29 years old before I suddenly discovered that I could do these things that we call psychic, and so I think it was a bigger surprise to me than anyone else around me when I did discover that I could you know, uh, take an object that belongs to someone else and tune into that person and leave my body and see yours and that kind of thing. Because before then, uh, I was a typical, average uh, American housewife.
1: Oh, that must have been really shocking when all of a sudden things started coming through in your mind. Did you run from it? Did you embrace it? it, Well,
2: it was interesting because I've been interested in these kinds of things since I've been about 12 years old when I read my first um, magazine about astrology, and that fascinated me. So I always uh, believed in it from the minute I heard about psychic astrology and all those fascinating things. But I had read books, and the books said that the, you know, psychic ability was a gift that uh, some people had and the rest of us do not. And so that was my belief at that time. And I would go to different psychics, and as your audience probably discovered, some are very good, some are mediocre, uh, some are not very good, and some are outstanding. And so I went to this psychic, I was 29, I went to this psychic who I had been to before, and he had given me a very accurate reading, and I had some things going on in my life that I need clarity on. And so I went to him, and he started out by telling me how psychic I was, I was going to travel and teach other people how to develop their psychic ability. I was going to write a book. I was going to work with men in white coats like doctors or scientists. Well, it turned out to be both. And other things like that. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm an average American housewife. I have never had a psychic experience in my life. So he must be having an off day. And, uh, <laughs> I, well, you know, everyone has an off day.
1: Exactly.
2: And so I thought, well, I'll pay him and I'll come back when he has an on day, but either through body language or uh, psychic ability, whatever. He knew I wasn't buying this, so he said, here, come with me. And he took my hand and we went over to a woman who was waiting for a reading from him, and he said to this woman, give me your watch. And he handed me her watch and said, here, you can do psychometry. Well, I knew what psychometry was. But I also knew I couldn't do it. It was a gift that some people had, and the rest of us do not. But he was looking at me expectantly, as was she, because she thought I was a visiting psychic, apparently. And I began to tell her things that I saw in my imagination. You know, and I made up this story about her. And I said I saw her daughter and her relationship with her daughter, and her husband had left her or died three months before this and other things like that, and she's shaking her head, and she's saying yes to everything I'm saying. And I gave her back her watch. I paid him, and I left there thinking, I hope I never get that gullible. As much as I believe in these things, I hope I never get that gullible. Because in my mind, she was programmed to say yes to everything in my, that I said to her you know, because she thought I was a visiting psychic. And so I went home and I promptly forgot about it. I, you know, as I said, I was an average American housewife. And about a month later, I was at a party and this woman and I connected and somehow we get onto the subject of psychics and Edgar Cayce and, you know, other things like that. Now, this was way back in the 60s. And uh, so, you not I didn't run into too many people who shared my interest in the field. And so we shared the Edgar Casey books we had read and so on.
1: And, and there weren't told, a lot of books out at that time either by anybody. No,
2: no, there, no, there were not. Okay, keep and, and so I told her, I said, you want to hear a funny story? So I told her that story about my, you know, fun thing with the psychic who thought I was psychic. And she got all excited. And she said, well, you don't know anything about me. Here, take my watch. I said, I can't. You know, I'm not psychic. And she said, well, I'm moving into a new apartment in uh, Buffalo, New York. We were living in East Aurora, New York at the time. And uh, she said, describe the new place I'm moving into. So just to shut her up, frankly, (laughs) I said, okay, I'm standing on a different level. It's a split level. And she said, well, no, it's two-story. I said, I'm standing in the doorway of your living room and straight ahead, the wall straight ahead, There's a doorway that goes to the bedroom. She said, no, that's on the wall to the right. I said, no, no, that's a solid wall. And we went on like that until I got to a faded slipcover on a couch. And uh, I began to describe it. And she got this very funny look on her face. And she said, do you know what you just did? And I said, no. She said, you just described the house I lived in on Long Island for I think it was 12 years or something like that, and my husband came home one night and told me he was in love with another woman and he wanted a divorce and you know so on and so forth. And interestingly enough, our last argument was about that faded slipcover. And so apparently I described this uh, house on Long Island, which is where she really was living. She did not want to sell the house. She did not want a divorce. She did not want to leave, but she did and so on the way home i thought how did that happen that's I, I, i'm not psychic psychic people are born with this a, a gift and so i had it all figured out by the time i got home as you can see i'm very logical mind and i figured that you know how you do at parties you overhear conversations you're not really aware of you're not paying attention to and like a lot of people who are going through a divorce even if you talk about the weather somehow they get back to talking about their divorce or their argument or whatever's going on in their divorce and I probably overheard her and uh, was the general statements about living rooms etc I that's how I did that so I had that all settled in my head because you know uh, I just knew I wasn't psychic okay so that, hold that, that thought
1: because we need to take a break stay okay. tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You with your host here, Sharon Lynn Wyeth. And we're being heard on XZone radio station, XZBN.net, and also on KnowTheName.com. After the break, we're also going to hear predictions that Carol Ann Lieros has made that can benefit all of us by knowing by what's coming next. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on XZBN.net, an XZone radio station, and knowthename.com. Our guest tonight is Carol Ann Lieros, and her website is her name. It's Carol, spelled the normal way, C-A-R-O-L-N-A-N-N, and her last name is L-I-A-R-O-S.com. Again, it's L-I-A-R-O-S.com. Carolyn, right before the break, you were telling us about how you came about knowing that you were psychic, and I had to stop you for the break, and we're just in the middle of that story, and we'd love to hear the end of it, if you don't mind continuing.
2: Okay. Well, I, in a way, I think it's kind of an important story, because most people think that psychics are born, you know, and then when they hear that I never had a psychic experience until I was 29, it's very encouraging for them to realize that we're all psychic, you know, everyone is. But anyway, this woman appeared at my door two days later, and she had a bag full of watches and rings and hairbrushes and toothbrushes from friends and family. And uh, so she said, You know, we do the readings. She was so excited. So I said, Okay, I will, but I want you to sit behind me so I can't see your body language. And I don't want you to say anything until I go through all these objects. Just write down what I have to say. So she did, and about two hours later, Uh, I finished and we started going over the material and even I, with my logical mind and my skepticism about me being psychic, uh, I had to realize, I came to realize, that some of the things I said were not good guesses, weren't general statements. In fact, some of them she didn't know the answer to, she had to call the people and find out. And one particular uh, example stands out even after all these years Uh, which is, uh, I saw this young man uh, with his right leg, I think it was, all white, and she said, what does that mean? I said, I have no idea, I just see his right leg white. So she called, I think it was her nephew, and she said, is there something wrong with your right leg? And he said, well, I guess you could say so. I went skiing over the weekend, and I broke my leg, and it's in a cast. Well, I was more shocked than she was, because I couldn't discount that by saying general statements, good guessing, we couldn't even discount it with telepathy, but how can you discount telepathy? Uh, Because she didn't even know it. So I had to realize that something else was going on. And so then I noticed that other things began happening on a daily basis. Then I heard that Hewlin Casey, the son of Edgar Casey, was coming to Buffalo, New York, which was where I lived at that time, to Rosary Hill College, which is now Damon College. And I thought, I have a lot of questions now because I'm having all kinds of experiences. And so I went to the lecture, and there were probably 400 people there. And he very graciously uh, agreed to answer questions after his lecture. So my hand shot up, and I said, what does it mean when blah, blah, blah? and nobody raised their hand so i raised my hand again after the third or fourth time other people began to raise their hands and he came up to me after and he said would you like to have coffee with the um, board of directors of the human dimensions institute which was going to be housed at rosary hill and the president of the college who was a franciscan nun and so on and i did and over coffee Uh, he suggested that Sister M. Justice Smith, who was going to be doing some research with a healer from Canada, uh, and uh, he suggested that she make me part of the research. And so a couple weeks later, I found myself at a Roman Catholic college in a nun's office, sitting with a tape recorder in front of me, and people would sit down and hand me an object. And even to this day, I have to tell you, I made up stories about them. And it was tape recorded, and then they had to evaluate it afterwards. Well, the stories turned out to be true. And again, no one was more surprised than I was. I was supposed to be there for two weeks as part of the research project, uh, which was being funded by Chester Carlson, the man who invented the Xerox process, and I was there for eight years. Um, I discovered immediately what I was interested in was the practical application of our own psychic abilities because we all have psychic abilities to different degrees of course but we all have it and the practical application and then I was very interested in helping other people um, recognize and bring to the conscious level their own psychic abilities and then apply it in their life in their relationships and their work and whatever they're doing in life, to use their intellect and their intuition or their psychic ability together. So that became my, uh, what would you call it, my path, I guess uh, you would say. And so I ended up teaching with a a parapsychologist, uh, E. Douglas Dean, and other um, being researched by other um, scientists at that time also. And so it began, began a very exciting and a real turn in the path of my life from being a normal average housewife into being the psychic who's being tested, who's teaching, who's appearing on radio and television and all that. No one was more surprised than me.
1: I think that's a lovely story and how wonderful that really at any age our gifts can come forward and as long as we pursue them or you know, give them a try and not be scared of them, that we can go forward and grow okay Carolyn. at this time in our show i love to interpret part of your name do i have your permission
2: oh oh yes absolutely that'd be exciting
1: okay so what your name tells us is that you're a workaholic however you make a great couch potato once your work's done for the day okay (laughs) (laughs) that you have fairness issues and you find it easier to stand up for others than you do to stand up for yourself and that you know how to nurture others yet you want to decide who and how and where to nurture and you don't want to be told any of that you want to totally pick right. for yourself and that That's you're right. highly and that you're highly organized and that you have yep. a remarkable memory okay? okay your name your name also indicates that your life improves with your ages and each year gets better than the last one as a whole mm-hmm. okay and that you have a rebellious spirit and you don't want to be told what to do okay <laughs> and your name also indicates that truth is really important to you and that you're not wishing to be around people who are not honest and, right. and lastly uh, your name indicates that you're a lifelong learner and that you will always enjoy learning something new
2: that's true i'm 81 years old and i read all the time i love teaching i figure uh, I'm hoping that when I die, it'll be saying the last word of a lecture that I'm giving or a workshop I'm giving, that after the, I say the last word, then I just uh, leave, leave my body. Uh, and I am a workaholic. If, you, if my family was here, my friends were here, you know, they would be, or if they will be listening, they'll be laughing because everything you said was absolutely right on. That, that's just fascinating.
1: Well, I developed this simply so that people who don't consider themselves psychic have a tool and they can sound psychic.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and probably the better ones like you uh, also use your intuition with it.
1: I, I think our intuition comes into play because the name says so incredibly much to know which part to say first. Right. You know, or right. I think that's how intuition comes to play. So,
2: yes, I, I think astrologers do the same thing. Because you have some okay astrologers, and then you have some outstanding. And I think that they use their psychic ability along with all that astrological knowledge they have.
1: Oh, yes, they do. Now, we've only got a short period of time left, but we promised our listeners something that's going to come, some psychic prediction that you'd like to share just in this segment, so uh, that's going to happen in 2018 that would benefit for us to know.
2: Let me tune in and see what I get there. Okay. I feel that there's going to be a very uh, major uh, medical discovery that's going to occur uh, become known before the end of 2018. And this isn't just something minor. This is a major medical uh, breakthrough of some sort. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it doesn't have to do with cancer, but I can't say for sure that that's what I'm getting, but it's something very important.
1: Oh, now that's great news for all of us.
2: Yes, that's, that's very true. Most of my, in fact, all of my ratings really are for individuals. I usually don't do like Edgar Casey did earth changes and that kind of thing. I don't usually do that. I do individuals, but sometimes the individuals who come to me ask questions you know, about politics or about uh, what's going to be happening with the stock market or whatever. But those are in the personal readings themselves that I do.
1: Well, and that's kind of like Edgar Casey, how he did those, too. Okay, we don't have a lot of time. Give us one or two sentences, please, on what you see with our government and how these things changing with Donald Trump in office. Because people either love the man or hate the man and, and hey, really— good.
2: Uh, Okay, let's see. I think by, I feel by the end of this year, before the end of this year, actually, uh, that there's going to be a big change in the the Oval Office itself. From what I have heard, and I usually don't listen to the news and so on, but I hear people talking when, you know, um, friends of mine and so on. Uh, about the chaos that supposedly is in the White House right now, and how things just aren 't going well between the people who are in the White House, well, my feeling is that by before the end of two thousand and eighteen that there 's going to be enough upheaval and enough changes in the White House so that things will be a little more what we 'll call normal normal for the White House, and so there won 't be this daily explosive uh, you know news coming out on the Um, out to the public etc so I feel that will be happening
1: Um, we need to take another break hold on, hold that thought please stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You with host Sharon Lynn Wyeth heard on XZBN.net and Exxon Radio Station we'll be right back
0: the we're going family style deal.
2: Because I want a bite of your Big Mac.
0: And I need some of your quarter pie. I'll
2: try your filet of fish.
0: There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Children in Ukraine have been wounded and are traumatized by the violence. UNICEF is on the ground providing health, hygiene, and critical emergency supplies. Please go to UNICEF.org to donate now. Thank you.
1: Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Carol Ann Lieros, and her website is her name, Carol, and and her last name is spelled L-I-A-R-O-S dot com. Okay, right before the break, you were still talking to us about Donald Trump, who we all want to know about whether we like him or not, and so would you mind finishing up that thought before I've got a ton more questions for you?
2: Okay. Uh, Well, I also feel that uh, Donald Trump is going to be having some kind of a physical problem. Uh, I really don't know much about him. As I said, I don't watch the news on television or read the newspaper or listen to the radio, the news in particular. I don't like to fill my head with all that depressing stuff. Uh, But I feel he's going to have some kind of a health uh, situation going on uh, before the end of 2018. But also, I picked up something about you. Would you like me to tell you? Oh, sure. Thank you. Uh, Okay. I I was drawn to the month of May of this year. And as I was drawn to the month of May, it looks like after the first week, maybe the first 10 days, something like that. Anyway, I have the impression that the rest of the year is going to be an outstanding year for you not only in your, your work, your career, but also in your personal life. And the reason I say that, because I see a lot in symbols, is I see a calendar. And um, it, when, I, when I'm looking at the month of May, about the 10th of May, and going then to the end of the year, it just lights up like there's a light or a sun shining on it uh, for you. And there seems to be a golden opportunity coming your way. It looks like it will be... Oh, the fall, September, October. And the reason I say that is because I see a hand extended to you and it has a golden ball in it, which is a symbol for me of a golden opportunity. And this seems to be in the area of your career. And so that just came as a flash uh, to me. So,
1: Oh, wow. Well, I'm very grateful. Thank you for sharing that. That yes. sounds wonderful. <laughs> yes, it does. I mean, who wouldn't well, want to that hear that news, right? <laughs>
2: Yeah. Okay. okay, when
1: you, when you were starting out and you were being tested, what were your stumbling blocks around, along the way, and how did you overcome them?
2: Uh, the stumbling blocks uh, along the way, uh, I don't know if uh, you believe in reincarnation, but I happen to. And I immediately became aware of how ego building this could be. And remember, we're going back into the 60s and 70s where there weren't so many psychics and it wasn't such an accepted subject as it is now. And I just knew, I absolutely knew that I had this ability in another lifetime and I misused it. And so one of the stumbling blocks for me was to make sure that I didn't allow my ego to take over, that I didn't allow my ego to enter into and, you know, how great, how great I am, because some people really did at that time put me on a pedestal. And I was uncomfortable there and knowing I, I had to keep on the straight and narrow. In fact, I have a friend who does handwriting analysis, and I would ever check my handwriting to make sure my ego hadn't gotten overblown. That was one another one was to to uh, really um, how can I say this uh, have people see that i'm that I'm a, a person a, a normal average person who goes grocery shopping and you know I have children and you know all the problems and the rewards that go with that, and uh, all those that I'm a normal average person, and I happen to be able to do this stuff uh, because sometimes you know people would just be so surprised so what i would do once in a while and this doesn't sound very nice but if they really had that look on their face or were just praising me to the heavens i in my conversation i might put in a little swear word just to show that you know i'm (laughs) and down here you know with the rest of you (laughs) that everyone's down there but you know what i mean grounded and so that was another problem that I had, and then I found that in the neighborhoods where I lived, I had these three children, and there were people who wouldn't allow their children to play with my children because of what I did for a living.
1: Oh, that's and so that
2: was very yeah. That was very hurtful. That was very upsetting to me, and yet there wasn't anything you know that I could do about it. Uh, so that that was another thing. And then of course juggling you know um, a career, as you probably know, and uh, three younger children and uh, being able to take care of a house. I was a single parent and having to support them. So you know it was a juggling act. So I would say those were the most. Then um, I found it very exciting. I always disliked science in school. but when I became the subject of research and the research was so fascinating. Uh, I was very excited about that and more than willing to participate in anything and uh, anything I could do or learn. Uh, As you said, I'm a constant learner. This is very, very true. And in my learning experiences, to go back to something, just a thing you just mentioned briefly about some people are afraid of it. And I have to say, I've been in this field 51 years and I have never, ever, ever experienced fear of any kind. And I've had some very um, unusual experiences. But my reaction has always been curiosity. Gee, I wonder what that means. I wonder what that's about. I wonder, you know, wondering. You know, uh, again, it's,
1: I th- it's interesting how you said a- that, that, you know, you didn't like science in school. And yeah. I've been a school teacher so many years and an administrator and whatnot. And I didn't like science in school. That was my one subject. I just absolutely didn't like it. And again, just as you were saying, as an adult, I think I read more research, more science than any other subject because I find it fascinating what's coming out. And I wonder why isn't it fascinating in school?
2: Uh, Well, I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It was boring.
1: I thought so too. I, that was the one subject I couldn't stand. And yet, as an adult, I think science is one of the most important things that we learn.
2: Right. Well, maybe it's changed in the schools now. You know, I, I don't can't think so. Speak to that <laughs> <No?
1: Okay. laughs> I, I don't think so. Okay. So, speaking of education, you've conducted workshops for medical and mental health professionals, worldwide corporations, and so many other groups. What do you share that benefits mainstream believers? that also causes them to accept the work that you do?
2: I think it's a practical application of it. Instead of coming in and, you know, saying about, uh, you know, well, your aura is like this and da-da-da-da-da, uh, I, I use examples of how they can use their own intuition, their own psychic ability in their everyday life, in relationships. You have an argument with someone and you walk away wondering, what happened? How did, how did that get off the rails here? And by using your psychic ability, you, this is a technique that I teach, uh, I teach people to relax and pretend to get into the body of the other person they had a disagreement with and see the world through their, the other person's eyes, hear the world through the other person's ears, feel the impact of the, uh, on the, of the world on that person and how they react to it. And then relive the argument but being them in pretending to be inside of them so you can see what you look like the look on your face uh how you use your body language maybe the tone of your voice got very nasty or very condescending or something and so that's a practical use of it uh, so using it in very practical ways uh, in every area of your life you know we make investments and put our hard earned money into investments, well using your logical mind and getting the data, and then uh, using your intuition along with it and I have many people who come to me for readings who you know invest in the stock market and openly say, "I don't tell anyone else this, but I definitely use my intuition in picking stocks, and that's how they you know uh, that's their income, and they live very well. So there's practical applications of it in relationships, uh, in the work you have, in the kind of work you do. Uh, in the medical profession, for example, with the parapsychology and medicine class, um, the doctors uh, learn to use their intuition and their psychic ability along with all the other tools, you know, the, uh, the tests and the x-rays and the blood work and so on, but their intuition too. So no matter what you're doing, um, When I was a single parent, as I said, and uh, Douglas Dean and I taught a class together at Rosary Hill at night. And before I would go into class, I would sit and meditate, because my three children, um, my daughter was now a teenager and could babysit, and, and I'd check and make sure everything was all right at home, you know, to make sure everything was safe and everything was going as it should. And I remember the one night, and my daughter reminds me of this every once in a while, I called up and I said, Marina, Tell those two boys to go home. <laughs> and there's no <laughs> argument. There's no, how did you know? You know, there's no one here. No, okay, Mom. <laughs> so you can use it with your children. Uh, I would go to the doctors, and fortunately I went to the doctors who had taken my parapsychology and medicine class, and I'd go to the doctors and say, I think my daughter needs to be tested for her thyroid, and they would do it because they See. knew what I did.
1: I think so. that is so tremendous. There is a, a doctor in Hawaii that my mom goes to, and he uses the pendulum. Oh, yeah. And he yes. And he just trusts that pendulum. And mm-hmm. to me, it's just amazing. And she loves the man, and he's very popular and gets good results. Yes. And and I thought, isn't this fabulous to be coming into the medical field where they're using more sensories, and especially with vibrational medicine coming along the way so well. That's
2: right. Yes. Yes. And one of the doctors that came into my class uh, went back to, uh, it was the Niagara Falls Memorial Medical Center, and taught his colleagues how to see auras.
1: <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay, we I- need to take our last break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You with host Sharon Lynn Wyeth on xzbn.net and Zone radio station, and also on knowthename.com. After the break, we're going to find out what Carol Ann Liara's name has that you may have in your name that has assisted her that you might find can assist you. Stay tuned.
0: or Skype at elizabeth.joyce and for more information you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com
2: Williamspeckham.com.
1: Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Carol Ann Liaros, whose website is her name. Carol is spelt the normal way, and Ann is A-N-N, and the last name is L-I-A-R-O-S dot com. She's taken her abilities and her skills to a level where she's able to assist others develop their own psychic abilities. Carol Ann, you had your own radio show for a number of years. What did you learn about people while you had that show?
2: Well, I learned that most people uh, have psychic experiences, and they have no one to share it with. And so when they find someone like me, if I, you know, if a call-in show or whatever, and they would share that experience with me because they couldn't share it with their family, their friends, you know, and so on. And that's still quite true uh, even today, years later. Uh, and so I was so happy that they were able to share it with me and I could tell them what was going on. I could say, oh, here's what's actually happening here. Here's what this means. When you're seeing the colors around people, that's an aura. And I would recommend a book for them to read about auras and and how they can use it and so on. And so I found that very, very rewarding is helping people, you know, with those kinds of things. I also found uh, that more people were interested in psychic uh, things. When I say psychic, I'm covering the whole field, broad brush, astrology, numerology, you know everything. Uh, Many more people than I realized were interested in these things. And so they could ask very good questions about the subjects and so on. They wanted to learn more. And so uh, that's what I discovered.
1: You know, I find people just fascinating in all the different ways that have been provided to us in this universe to find out more about ourselves and others and our purpose. Uh, it's just incredible
2: yes it is i mean everything uh, and everything is accurate I, I remember at the college uh they had us uh, i they gave me an object to read of a person they had the astrologer do the astrology chart they had the palmist do the palm reading and there was something else i can't remember what the other thing was but anyway um maybe it was numerology but anyway uh, each one of us didn't know what the other person said but when they took our readings uh, et cetera, they all said the same thing worded differently but they all said the same thing because all of these things are valid
1: right it's just like so many different ways or different languages to say the same thing and yet look at all the languages around the world and people communicate That's do you right. have any do you have any classes coming up
2: uh yes i well actually i have a 6 week lecture series starting here in florida in sun city center where i live But I have a four-day workshop occurring in October. It's October 18th to the 22nd, and it starts, um, you know, on the 18th, a half a day, and then the rest of the days are full days. And it's very in-depth. It really is not for a beginner, someone who's just read books and haven't had a class of some sort. It would be very important uh, for them to have some kind of a class, some kind of experience in these things. Not necessarily my class, but some, so they've experienced these things. And then I take them into more in-depth kind of techniques, and I help them uh, recognize the abilities that they have they may not know, uh, et cetera. So it's very it's very involved. It's very in-depth.
1: So if somebody was interested in doing that, how would they contact you?
2: Well, they could go on my website, or they could... Um, email me. I have, a, you know, an email address, which is calearos at com, or call my office uh, in Buffalo, uh, 716-876-4414, and my assistant can help them with uh, any questions they have, et cetera. And we can send them one of my newsletters, um, and so on. And also, you know, I wrote a book uh, called Unlocking Your Intuition, Seven Keys to Awakening Your Psychic Potential. Someone can take that book, and they could actually use it in a study group. They could actually teach an EST class uh, with it because it's how to see auras. It's how to do psychometry. It's how to um, do remote viewing. And it's step by step by step. So uh, I have all kinds of material that can help people.
1: Well, and you've written numerous books, not just that one. Could you give us a synopsis of, say, one of them like Auras and Colors, which reflects knowledge that came from Edgar Casey?
2: Yes, that's right. It's Edgar Casey on auras and color. It says to learn to understand color and see auras. And Kevin Tadeshi, who's the CEO of the um, Edgar Casey uh, ARE, and I wrote it together. And my piece included my experiences with seeing auras and how, uh, you know, at first I thought there was something wrong with my eyes, that I was seeing this, oh, almost like a cigarette smoke or wavy stuff around people. And then I began to see colors, thinking I... Had uh, something wrong with my eyes, but I went to the eye doctor and did not. But anyway, it has all kinds of uh, uh, things to look for. How to see an aura? Here's, you know, here's how you do it. Uh, when you're first beginning to practice it, try to sit in a semi-dark room, uh, soft lighting actually, and uh, have a white wall behind you and uh, a mirror. Like in your bedroom would be a good place to do it, and. Uh, Tell yourself to relax and take deep breaths and tell yourself to relax and then sort of half open your eyes. You want to keep the muscles around your eyes very relaxed and then look at an unblinking look at your aura, which appears to radiate from your body. And I say to half open your eyes because when we open them too wide, then the muscles become tense again. And then doing it with the idea of seeing on a higher, finer level of energy. That's all it is. You're refocusing your eyes, just like if you were looking at your hand and then you looked away at the far wall, your eyes automatically refocus. But this way you are programming yourself, if you will, to uh, refocus your eyes to see on a higher, finer level of energy. And then try not to blink. Only because when we blink, uh, our focus tends to go back to the normal focus, which is seeing on this denser level of energy, seeing the you know chairs and everything. Uh, and so, by practicing that, people will find that they will see a haze or a glow or an intensification of the color behind them, uh, or some people will see color right away, and the colors you know have uh, very definite meanings. Actually, it's a very um, deep study, but there's in the book, uh, Auras in Color, why I touched upon some of the, what some of the colors mean. Although, see, in my mind, a lot of this is logical. Uh, for example, if I see brown in the aura, I know that that person is very practical. It's like of the earth, very solid, very secure. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you see, uh, for example, when I see blue with kind of a grayish, all overcast to it, Uh, what do we say quite often when we're depressed or not feeling that we say I'm feeling blue today and uh, we say I was so angry I saw red. Why do we say red? We say red because that's the color that's in your aura when you're angry. So a lot of it is very logical and when we say oh you know that person is very bright, well if you were to look at their aura you'd see a bright yellow around their head. If, they're, if they have a very low IQ, it would be a very dull yellow. So a lot of it, you know, can be very logically figured
1: out. Well, that just sounds fascinating. And I think all of us want to learn about colors, you know. is yes. mm-hmm. You know, I just, I find all of that just incredibly interesting, even though there's been studies, for an example, on colors of cars. Like the last study I was reading said that, If you were driving a silver vehicle, you got tired more easily than driving any other car of a vehicle, color of a vehicle.
2: Right. That's interesting.
1: And so they were talking about the different colors and personality matches into the color of the car even. And so um, anyway, I was fascinated. Have you ever heard of Nancy Ann Tappy's work in color?
2: No, I haven't.
1: Okay. Well, that's one I'll tell you about off the air. She's fascinating with that, too. She's no longer with us on the earth, but... Her work uh-huh. was quite interesting. I just want to thank you so much for being with us, Carol Ann. We so appreciate it. Um,
2: well, thank you for having me.
1: Okay, everybody. Be prepared and surprised and pleased when you get to experience Carol Ann Liaro's work. Her website, again, is Carol Ann carolannliaros.com. Okay? And Carol Ann Liaro's name indicates that she has a lifelong learner. This is found in the last letter in her first name being an S. If your first name ends in an S, you too are a lifelong learner. Or if your last name ends in in an S, you are a lifelong learner. Because it means that your parents expected you to be that way and encouraged you to be that way. Do you know where your genius lies? I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth host of the radio show Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is heard every weekday at various hours right here on XZBN.net radio and XZone radio station and on KnowTheName.com. Tune in to hear the fascinating ways other people have discovered the genius in themselves and what they're able to accomplish. In each upcoming show, you're going to hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. For all the days and times of Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, go to W www.xzbn.net and check out our broadcast schedule and if you wish to know how to read a person's name or more about your own name and how you can discover your innate genius visit the website knowthename.com and give yourself the gift of a session to find out what your name says about you or the upcoming classes on how you can learn how to use this skill for yourself and how you can know a good hour of talking information about somebody after just a 15 hour class Right now, you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You radio show with Sharon Lynn Wyeth on the XZone Broadcast Network, XZBN.net. And this is Sharon Lynn Wyeth signing off.